1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Heal Podcast. I'm Kelly Noonan-Gores, and every week I speak to the leading doctors, healers, spiritual teachers, and scientists to find out what is truly possible when it comes to healing. I also interview real people with extraordinary healing stories. My philosophy is, what's possible for one is possible for all. On today's episode of The Heal Podcast, I got the honor of sitting down once again with my dear friend and great teacher, Dr. Joe Dispenza. A New York Times bestselling author, researcher, and lecturer, Dr. Joe's passion can be found at the intersection of the latest findings from the fields of neuroscience, epigenetics, and quantum physics, exploring the science behind spontaneous remissions, which of course I'm fascinated with. He uses this knowledge to teach people how to heal their bodies of health conditions, make significant positive changes in their lives, and evolve their consciousness, which sounds pretty good to me. Since 2010, he has partnered with scientists and universities to perform extensive research on the effects that meditation has on the brain and body. And the latest findings, which he shares with us today, are simply astounding. His work demonstrates that truly anything is possible, and we can create the lives and healing that we dream of. His work has brought miracles to so many lives, and I hope that listening today will inspire you to believe that you too can create miracles in your life. It just takes a little commitment and practice. But perhaps what I love most is that his work, his formula, is marrying the mystical and the miraculous with science and practicality. So let's get to it. Here's Dr. Joe. So, Dr. Joe, so awesome to talk to you again, as usual.
0: I'm very happy to be with you.
1: You're the best. I honestly, anybody who's going through anything, I point them to your work to start with every day. I do one of your meditations. And so, I would love for you, you have your own personal healing story, which If anybody hasn't heard it, go watch Heal or pick up any one of Dr. Joe's books to find out how he healed himself and then got so turned on by the power of the mind-body connection that he's been doing this work and dedicating his life to this work and helping hundreds of thousands of people heal and transform their physical bodies through the mind-heart connection and energy. So, I love the phrase you use in HEAL. It's, you call it the quantum model of causing an effect and changing energy rather than matter changing matter, which takes a lot of effort. Can you just kind of give us the Reader's Digest version yeah, of that, the yeah. crux of your work?
0: Wow, I love that you're, we're starting here because uh, it's a good place to start. I mean, if you think about the illusion of three-dimensional reality and, and this hologram that we're, we're fooled into our Senses into this concept of separation. There's me here and there's you there. And there's distance in space and there's objects and there's things. And this three dimensional reality causes us to go from one point of awareness, I'm here, to another point of awareness, uh, say the front door. And we have to move through space and we move through space. It takes time, right? So anything that we want in our lives takes time and energy. You got to go to work. You know, you got to do all the things and then you got to save money and then you go buy the thing. And that's the rules of three-dimensional reality. The plane of demonstration means you got to do something, right? So then there's me here and then my dreams are way, way out there. And I estimate how long it's going to take for me to arrive at those dreams because we're playing by the rules of three-dimensional reality. And we play by those rules. For the most part, I'm going to wait for the experience to occur in order to have the experience produce an emotion. And the emotion is the chemical feedback. As a result of the event now there's nothing wrong with this that's the game in, in three-dimensional world if you're going to shorten the distance between cause and effect uh, between the thought of something and the experience of something you got to go to a different set of rules and you have to create from the quantum field now the quantum field is an invisible field of energy that exists beyond this space and time now this takes a little bit of imagination because If we don't have any space between us, then we're connected. There's no separation and there's no time. So now when you go to the realm of the quantum, the rules change because in the quantum, things are connected. Energy connects things together. So then if you are able to create from the field instead of from matter, and it's not matter that's emitting a field, it's the field that's actually creating matter. If we could change information in the field, we could change the hologram in three-dimensional reality. And it turns out you only need two things to do that. a super coherent brain, super organized coherent brain, and coherence is a rhythm or an order. So when the brain is coherent, it has a directive. It's an electrical charge. It's the signal we send out into the field. We're broadcasting information with our thoughts. Now, most people who have been conditioned and hypnotized into the rules of three-dimensional reality, They're waiting for the experience to happen, to feel the emotion of the experience to take away their lack or separation, like whatever it's abundance, it's love, it's healing, whatever it is. But in the quantum model, you have to combine that clear intention with an elevated emotion, and that takes heart coherence. So We've done extensive studies in training our community to begin to feel the emotion of the event before it happens. And people say, well, I don't know how it would feel because I haven't experienced it. Well, the answer is really simple. If you felt gratitude or you felt appreciation or a love for life or a joy for existence, and you combine that clear intention with an elevated emotion, the heart produces a magnetic field and that magnetic field expands out and it transcends the rules of space and time. When you feel whole, when you feel this elevated emotion, you feel connected, you feel bonded. And so when you feel the emotion of your future, you're connecting to the energy of the future and your body is so objective. It does not know the difference between the real life experience that's creating that emotion and the emotion that you're creating by thought alone. The body's actually believing it's living in that future reality in the present moment. So if the thought sends the signal out, and the feeling draws the event back, and you have brain and heart coherence, you got a really powerful Wi-Fi signal. And when you begin to do this properly, you no longer have to go anywhere to get anything. In other words, you're not living by the rules of, of cause and effect. You're living by the rules of causing and effect. You're producing an outcome. Now, well, here's the cool part. If there's a vibrational match between your energy, and you've really refined that signal... And you can synchronize your energy. You start having synchronicities in your life and you start getting universal signs coming to you. You have opportunities. You have synchronicities, serendipities, coincidences. And you're not going anywhere to get it. They're coming to you. Now, think about this. If you're connected to an invisible field of energy, that's the source of everything physical and material. If you were connected to the source, why would you go anywhere? You wouldn't do that. You would say, come to me, right? So by doing this properly, And causing an effect when you see feedback in your life as the result of what you're doing, you're going to pay attention to what you did and you're going to do it again. Now, the cool part is, is that once you feel the excitement, the inspiration, the joy, the love for life, that's actually reinforcing the feeling that you've created with. And if you create again, you refine the signal a bit more. You get more synchronicities, more opportunities. And the cool part about our community is that they're not saying, Oh God, I have to go create my life. They're not (laughs) saying that they actually don't want to stop doing it because they don't want those. They don't want the magic to end. They don't want those cool quantum events that are occurring in their life to stop. So it's not like I have to, they're just, they're changing their energy. And when you change your energy, you change your life. And I've been at this long enough to tell you that nobody changes uh, until they change their energy. And so, when you experiment with this as a as a process and you learn a particular formula, and we've been we've been refining this and studying it so much in the last couple of years that the amount of coherence that we see in some of our student community is so incredibly organized and not only organized, but the amount of energy in the brain, the amount of energy in the heart is higher amplitude. So now bigger signal, bigger Wi-Fi signal, more connection. And so then you, if you can shorten the distance between cause and effect, between the thought of what you want and the experience of what you want, then you would start to master your life. And then you would start to see, wow, I could actually, if I, if I could do this, what could I do next? And, and I'm happy to say that people are doing it pretty well.
1: If you think about it, anyone who's listening, if that sounds out there or, you know, we do it every day in the negative. People are constantly stressing out, worrying and anxiety, highly anxious, picturing a future event that they don't want. They're imagining it and they're feeling the fear of it actually happening. And that's our default. That's our survival brain. And yeah. what your work does is it brings us back to conscious co-creation power. So we use this amazing, powerful instrument that is our mind and our hearts and our bodies to create and attract and call in and experience the joy and the bliss and, and, and our dreams. And it's, it's so simple, but it's so profound. That's why I love your work.
0: Well, it's really, it's a great conversation because I think that a lot of people who live in survival uh, and are living in stress uh, when you're in survival, it's not a time to create, it's a time to run, fight and hide. And so if you're aroused by fear, if you're aroused by anger or aggression, if you're aroused by pain, that arousal, actually produces a lowering of energy, a lowering of frequency. You feel more like matter and less like energy, more like particle, less like wave. And if you're matter trying to change matter, there's only a certain amount of things you can do. You can force it, you can control it, you can predict it, you can fight for it, you can compete for it, you can manipulate, you can suffer for it, and do whatever you can to get what you want to make that feeling go away. And now here's the problem. The problem really stems from a person Relying on their outer environment to change, to make that feeling go away. So the person who's dependent on the external circumstance makes sense that when things are going well in their life, they're really happy. But when things are not going well in their life, they're unhappy. So if you're living by the stress hormones and you're you're preoccupied with your outer environment, you're not paying attention at all to your inner world of thoughts and feelings and the response to your environment Is literally weakening the organism, every response. And then the thought of the problems, the thought of the challenges, the thought of the circumstances, in the life also drains and depletes the body's very life force. And the stronger the emotion you have to some problem or some condition in your life, the more you pay attention to it. And where you place your attention is where you place your energy. Well, you're giving your life force away to that person or problem. Now, it would be really hard to close your eyes and go within, unless you are willing to understand, you'd have to lay down the very thing you used your whole life to get what you want for something greater to occur. And that's turning that battleship around. Because if I said to you, Kelly, why are you upset? Oh, I'm upset because of this person or the circumstance. What you're really saying is this person or circumstance is actually controlling the way I feel and the way I think. The only thing that controls the way we feel or the way we think we're victims to those circumstances. So that's the unconscious program. So a person does a great meditation. This is all of us. You get locked in your heart. Your brain is opened up. Your mind's expanded. You're seeing that future. You're embracing it emotionally. And then you got to now practice with your eyes open. Now you got to be able to maintain that modified state of mind and body your entire day. And if you can get ready, weird things are going to happen in your life. But if you say, God, I'm so upset. And you disconnect from the energy of your future and your response is producing emotions and energy of the past and thoughts related to past memories. Don't expect anything in your life to change. And if you said to me, well, it's that person or that circumstance, I'd say, Uh uh-oh, we're back to the unconscious program of being a victim, that the outer world is controlling the way we think and feel. Maybe it's how we think and feel change the way we think and feel. We produce an outcome in our outer life. So the response in in the stress hormones causing us to feel more more like matter and less like energy, we're going to feel more separation. And so then the desperation of separation means now it's got to happen out there to make this go away. And, And so we work diligently in teaching people how to shorten their refractory period to some emotional responses, because even people that heal in our work from stage four cancer or immune mediated diseases or lupus or rheumatoid arthritis or all kinds of different conditions, they figure it out. Their their blood values don't change, but they're feeling a lot better. And they say, well, if I'm feeling so much better, why, why aren't my values changing? Oh, well, now the big game is got to play with your eyes open. And you got to be able to self-regulate and you got to be able to pause for a moment when you disconnect and say, valid, justified or not, I got to get back into the energy of my future. When I get energy here, this is a creative center. This is union of opposites. Wholeness begins when you create from wholeness and game. And so people who do that and they start paying attention to all those unconscious, they start becoming more aware of how they speak and how they act. And they notice the emotions that bring them to a lower denominator. And they're so conscious that they wouldn't go unconscious in their day. And it takes a lot of times of forgetting. How many times do we have to forget until we stop forgetting and keep remembering? How many times do we have to go unconscious before we stop being unconscious and becoming conscious? And that's the work. And so when people are able to actually sustain it with their eyes open, they're out of the bleachers and on the playing field. They're in, they're in the game called life and they got to navigate through that. And if they're paying a little bit more attention to their inner world and not so much attention to their outer world and they're dialing down the hormones and the emotions, then if they don't feel the emotion, they're not going to pay attention to the problem. And they take their power back and they build their own field of energy. And that's, that's energy to heal with. And so then you see the blood values going down. Then you see the markers start to change because now the person's actually becoming that person with their eyes open.
1: Hi, I'm Karen Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Kroll-Bennett. We're the co-hosts of the Puberty Podcast. Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike.
0: Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about laugh about, and yes, maybe even
1: cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. When you talk about, you know, living in the future and keeping your eye on the future and Turning within and and not being you know a victim or at the whim of your external circumstances. That's the goal, right? That's the first step to freedom. But then you know, as all the enlightened masters teach us that you know awakening or enlightenment or bliss is in the present moment. Eventually, I would imagine, and you could explain this better, as we start to keep focusing on the the vision of the future and feeling those feelings. Eventually, we do collapse both, and we're in that present elevated, emotional, present conscious state at all times. And there's no future to go for. It's just now.
0: Yeah. And imagine being so whole that you no longer want anything. We've measured this. Imagine feeling so connected to the emotions of your future. You've conditioned your brain and body into that state. If you feel like your future has already happened, you wouldn't be separate from it. In fact, you wouldn't even be looking for it. Why would you look for it if it felt like it already happened? That's when the magic happens. That's when you move closer and closer into the present moment. And if that singularity point, that source energy, that the all in all, the universal mind, whatever you want to call it, pure love, as you move closer to it, then the process of creation, the process of healing, the process of uh, having a mystical moment would be and arousal also, but the arousal wouldn't be fear, the arousal wouldn't be pain, the arousal wouldn't be aggression or anger. The arousal is actually ecstasy, and we've actually caught this on so many brain scans that if you're in that state, why would you want to leave the moment? You just and, and that's you're moving closer to source, and when that happens, you experience oneness. And oneness is when your consciousness actually merges with the consciousness of the all in all. And, and that should be an arousal and that should be an awakening. And, and the amount of energy that we capture in the brain when this occurs, the amount of the amount of information being exchanged between the brain and the heart is way, way, way outside of normal. So getting to the sweet spot of the generous present moment takes a quite a bit of awareness and energy because most people wake up in the morning and they, their brain is a record of the past. They start thinking of their problems. Those problems are associated with people that they know, the things that they have to do, places they have to go at certain times. And if you believe that your thoughts have something to do with your destiny, and if you're waking up in the morning and you're recalling your past, then you're thinking in the past. Those are memories that are etched in the brain. Now, every one of those problems has an emotion associated with them. So The moment the person feels unhappy or feels desperate or feels fear, now their body's in the past because thoughts are the vocabulary of the brain and feelings are the vocabulary of our bodies and how we think and how we feel creates our state of being. So a thought and a feeling, an image and an emotion, a stimulus and response, and you're conditioning the body subconsciously to be in the past. And when we live by familiar emotions, the body's so objective that it's, it's believing that it's living in that same past experience that created that problem. It doesn't know the difference. And if the environment signals the gene and it's and the end product of an experience in the environment is an emotion, (laughs) we're signaling the gene without the environment. And, and if those stress hormones dysregulate or downregulate genes and create disease, now you're headed for a genetic future, Right. But then people get up after they get caught up in the way they feel and reaffirm their identity, then they get up and do a series of routine automatic behaviors that they'd done the day before. And we could take their yesterday, 90% of their day looks a lot like their tomorrow and they become habituated into a predictable future. And if the familiar past is the known and the predictable future is the known and that person's lost their free will. To a set of programs, but there's no unseen hand doing it to them. There's no room for the, not anything new to happen in their life. Then, the, if the familiar past is the known, the predictable future is the known. There's only one place where the unknown exists, and that's the sweet spot of that generous present moment. And people do meditations, Kelly, and they say, "Oh, I can't meditate." You know, they go, "Oh, my mind's all over the place." Oh, uh, I got to get up. I got to check my emails. I got I got things to do. I got a, a baby. I got kids. I got I got a job. And they buy into the thought that they can't meditate or it's too hard or something's wrong with them. I need a brain scan, whatever. (laughs) And really, that's just the thought that's causing them to stay in the known. On the other side of that thought is freedom. And when a person is saying, oh, my God, it's uh, eight o'clock in the morning and I'm sitting meditating. This is normally when I get in traffic and I throw a tantrum. The body's used to that. Don't you think that at eight o'clock in the morning, the body's going to be looking for that arousal? And if you're not getting it from your outer environment, it'll call up a memory so that you can feel that emotion. And if you catch yourself doing that and you settle the body back down into the present moment, that's the moment you're telling the body it's no longer the mind, that you're the mind. And that's a victory. Mm -hmm. And there's a liberation of energy that happens where we're settling the body down from its animal nature. And then it says, I got to get up, I got to check my phone, I got to do this, I got to do that, I gotta go there, I got to go there. And you catch yourself doing that and you settle your body back into the present moment. Now you're executing a will that's greater than the program. And that's a victory as well. And it turns out if you just give people enough time to sit with themselves, we've done this <laughs> in 30 week long retreats, a person that has to disentangle from the hardwired thoughts, from you know the habituated actions and the emotional conditioning that keeps them in the past, and it's it, you got to if you can pay attention to those thoughts, if you can notice how you're feeling and acting, you're no longer unconscious. Now you're conscious, and you're outside the program. And it's the act of doing this that causes us to disentangle. And it takes energy, and it takes constant awareness. And you it, it could be a vegetarian, you could be young, you could be old, you could be gluten-free. You could be a wealthy. You could be poor. You could be white. You could be black. You could be yellow. You could be any, anybody you want. You could be whoever you want. Everybody, once they learn how to do this, when they can settle into the present moment, the unknown, and nothing dangerous or bad happens, it provokes adventure. It provokes novelty. It provokes the craving for a new experience, a new possibility. And that's where all possibilities exist in that in that eternal now, and that's when you go from the realm of space-time, you know, space-time is three-dimensional reality where there's an infinite amount of space, we experience time moving through it, to this realm called time-space where there's an infinite amount of time. If you have time is eternal, you can get a lot of things done. There's not a lot of possibilities equal to your imagination. Now, when people finally can settle into the unknown without a name, without a face, without a social security number, without a budget, without a profession, without kids, and just be aware of themselves. Aware of nothing that has anything to do with the known physical material world, and they create from nothing. <laughs> That's when something begins to appear because nothing is the fundamental ground for everything physical and uh, and, um, and three dimensional. So, teaching people how to do that to get to that present moment is the art. And once people actually can get there, they actually no longer really want anything. <laughs> All the things they thought they want, they no longer want because they feel like they have them. And I would say. That's a really good place to be. Mm,
1: Exactly. And we go after things. We want things because of the feelings we think we'll feel once we get those things, whether it's health, love, success, money, whatever it is. Just to change gears a little bit, you know, because again, you've done so much research, scientific research in conjunction with your work to demonstrate what's actually happening in people's bodies for people listening that think meditation is, you know, just for lowering stress levels or, you know, kind of some spiritual exploration or, you know, listening to your intuition. What are the, I think it's just so fascinating, the immune system and health benefits that you've measured from, from meditation.
0: God, if you asked me even two years ago, if I thought that we were going to see the kind of measurements that we're getting even up to this past week in Denver, I would say, yeah, maybe we'd get lucky here and there. But I keep telling my friends and, and my staff, I can't believe this is the truth. I just can't believe it. Like, this is really the truth. So, so we started partnering with University of California, San Diego and their research department, their wonderful, wonderful um, research department, a lot of great academics and scholars there that interested in, in demystifying the process. And we started out last February, just before COVID, and uh, we call it catching fish. You know, We had control groups, we had novice meditators, and we had advanced meditators. And we wanted to see advanced meditators, people who do my work for more than six months, and they do it just about every day or five times a week. And novice meditators are people who came, saw the introductory courses, came, that really have a lot of experience. And then we just grabbed a bunch of controls that were husbands or wives or people that were there that just going to hang out at the hotel for a week. And we wanted to see what kind of dramatic changes. So we took a lot of pre-measurements. And we took a lot of post-measurements, both brain scans, HRV scans. And then we drew a lot of blood and we were looking up thousands and thousands and thousands of biological markers that cells produce when they're healthy and when they're sick. And we have sophisticated instrumentation that we have access to. And so right after the study, I get a call from the, the vice chair of research there. And he says, I, th- I, th- I think we need to talk. And I said, okay. And he said, hey, I love when he says this. We have some really compelling data. And we saw some people in the advanced meditator group came in like really stressed and really sick. And then in seven days, there was a dramatic drop in their cellular function across the board when we looked at their plasma, like dramatic. So we started looking to see what is it in this blood that is so unusual. And so COVID happened and we said, let's apply for a grant to do research for COVID. You know, so a group of us got together, we wrote a grant, and we took the blood of one particular person who had dramatic changes, who, by the way, also sent in, unbeknownst to me, his story of his transformation was nothing less than supernatural. His, his inward event that was so transcendental. And we look, we happened to capture him during that event. Uh, he had an HRV monitor on and had, the amount of love that he was feeling was certainly a lot of love. It wasn't a little bit. It wasn't a lot. It was a supernatural amount. The amplitudes on his measurements tell us something profound's happening. Then we happened to capture his brain right after the experience in our post-measurements and there was a lot of great changes going on in his brain. So when we looked at his blood, all of a sudden we got a story. We got brain changes, heart changes, and a lot of coherence. And when we look at his blood, we say, okay, something's crazy happening. So let's take a pseudovirus that acts just like SARS, CoV 2 and let's subject the control group to the, the SARS uh, pseudovirus, see what happens. Let's subject the plasma of the novice meditators, and let's look at the plasma of advanced meditators. And as you would suspect, the controls, the cells in the plasma absorbed the the virus. And when it gets inside the cell, it produces a bright red field. So we saw the cells infected. Then we looked at the uh, novice meditators and we saw some cells were infected and others weren't, there was some type of resistance. But when we looked at his blood, there was an absolute resistance to the SARS virus. And we've subjected his his blood before the week long, and his blood was very infected. But at the end, when we subjected his blood to... The COVID virus. There was a strong resistance. So then we took electron microscopes and we we did a surface analysis and we saw, you could see the cells, the actual SARS virus inside the cells of the controls. You saw in the in the novice some inside, some outside. But on the on the his and a few others, you just saw the, the 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 virus outside of the cell. So this is dramatic dramatic news here. So. At this point, we've actually just yesterday found out that we isolated the molecule that's, that's you know that's so important for this kind of activity and, and we took his blood and others' blood and we, we subjected it to cancer cells. And a cancer cell produces an enormous amount of energy. They're almost immortal and the mitochondria in the cell, which are the respir- the lungs of the cell, the energy packets of the cell, and the cancer cell are the ATP at a high they're at very high levels. Subject that cancer cell, cancer cell to advanced meditators blood. And all of a sudden you see a 75 or 74% reduction in the energy in a cancer cell, take that same plasma and subject it now to someone who has uh, nerve cells that have the amyloid protein or the Alzheimer protein that's secreted during uh, when a cell does its thing with Alzheimer's. And you see all those, all those genes downregulate, like the cell gets healthy. So We're on this enormous, enormous discovery. Now, we started looking closer at the brain function of certain people during a transcendental moment. You know, an inward experience that's transcendent of anything you know. That's outside of the known. And the amount of energy that we're capturing in a person's brain when they have those moments, it's so outside of normal. And it tends to be in these beautiful mathematical formulations that are just like the golden mean, you know, that kind of spiral that makes up ears and shells and universes and everything else, the patterns, you know, pine cones and seeds and flowers, there's all the same pattern. So we start looking at the data and the mathematical probability of something like that happening is statistically impossible according to the research. And if it did occur, would happen as a random event that would last for a millisecond. And here we are we got this sustained states. So like if you're if you're listening to me right now you know your auditory circuitry is going I'm talking may have a little visualization of what I'm saying so you might get a little activity but if you look at the brain it's about of the brain, maybe 5% of it firing at one time. So when you get this amount of coherence, what sinks in the brain links in the brain. So you get this kind of intense amount of order in the brain and waves build on waves when that happens. So 28% of the brain is functioning in order as compared to 4% and the person is having an arousal. And there's so much order taking place in their nervous system. Remember, stress is autonomic dysregulation. The autonomic nervous system dysregulates. The amount of energy, the frequency, the intensity is happening in the autonomic nervous system that's causing the person to feel an arousal. And the arousal is nothing short of ecstasy or bliss. And they experience wholeness. And so we see more wholeness reflected in their nervous system. There's the blindness. Now it's gone. There's the deafness, and now the deafness is gone. There's the stage four cancer spreading to the bones, to the peritoneum. There it is, and then there it's not. The person's getting a biological upgrade. There's a the person with a paralyzed limb from a stroke, and then now the person lifting their arm above their head. Now, I have to tell you that when I see something like that, I think I'm more surprised than anybody because – you change the pattern in the field. You change the hologram in three-dimensional reality. It's not the, it's not the tumor. The tumor is the illusion. It's the projection from source, right? It's the, it's the pattern that's, that's in the field that's causing the projection. As an example, you take three stones and you drop them in a plate. And those three stones are all dropped at the same time. And then you see those waves, the ripples, and they interfere. If you freeze that plate... And then you take a laser and you shine a laser through that plate, uh, this, the, the frozen uh, water. There's information in that plate. And when the, when the laser passes through, you see the appearance of three stones suspended in the air. It looks like the stones are actually occupying space there. Well, that's exactly how it works in physics. The information is in the field. So if you have a coherent heart and a coherent brain, the interference is highly organized and if we do that properly, the condition that's appearing in the three-dimensional reality should actually disappear. And so we see it appearing and then disappearing. We're shortening the distance between cause and effect, between the thought of being well and the experience of being well. And it can't be matter doing that. It's got to be energy. And energy begins to inform matter. And when it does, the outcomes are really great. So when we see these high, high, high gamma patterns in the brain and you see this beautiful, Balance between these low frequency waves that the heart is producing, very go, going up a lot. That means that's energy in the heart. We see this in our community. Once that happens, the sympathetic nervous system gets aroused. And now the heart starts driving energy to the brain, it's telling the brain it's safe. It's telling the brain you're out of survival, you can create, you can connect. And when that occurs, we see delta waves, theta waves, alpha waves. Beta waves actually producing faster and faster frequency into gamma and gamma is consciousness it's awareness it's an awakening so the person is completely relaxed completely in the present moment and completely awake and aware and I think that's the formula uh, to live life and and it only takes one of those transcendental moments to realize that it's not coming from out there <laughs> it's actually coming from in here and so We do a lot of brain measurements in real time. We do a lot of HRV measurements where we do a lot of coherence healings for for other people. And we have people we're looking to see with a Healy, if their Healy is synchronizing their heart rhythms to the healers and what kind of probability that is. We have random event generators in the room to determine, oh, my God, this isn't just a random event. There's something really magical happening here. And our community is getting synchronized. They're getting really good at it. And, and if you're looking at a brain scan of uh, maybe there's 10 people getting their brain scan, then you see five out of 10 people <laughs> going into that state. You got to look around the room and say, there's 1,500 people in the room here. Maybe, maybe half the people are experiencing what this person's experiencing. This is exactly what occurs. So then when we looked at the blood, we had the time to look at the blood of the novice meditators. not 70% of our audience normally And we look at the volcano chart, the plot of novice meditators, the enormous amount of biological changes that are taking place in one week. Anybody who looks at this, you see all these really unhealthy elements and all of them just drop down. And 77% of the people have that kind of dramatic change in a week-long event. Now, they're doing that without getting it any anything outside of them. When they connect and they feel that arousal, that love, their bliss, they're 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 not saying, oh, it's coming from out there. <laughs> it's coming from within here. Now they're no longer looking for it out there, and they're looking for it in here. And, and that's when the love affair begins. That's when things start to change, and, and you never want to miss a date. So <laughs> I've been on research calls um, for the last week because these guys we have scientists now that are so immersed in what we're doing. I love it because I talked to a scientist yesterday and he said, I ran the test three times. And I said, what'd you get? Same results. You ran it three times. I thought of another way to run the test. We ran the test another way. We got the same results. I can't believe what we're getting here. And we've, we pretty much mined everything except the human body. And so there's just so much great things happening. And I, the most exciting part for me, I said that, that nobody's excluded and we're not measuring anybody who's uh, any more special than anybody else. And um, we're, we have great elders that have the experience. We have, you know, 50, 100 kids under 25 years old at our events and eight-year-olds and seven-year-olds and nine-year-olds fully in, you know, imagine who those guys are going to be. And I want that to be normal for them. So, so we're, we're asking bigger questions. We have a research fund now and, you know, a research institute and, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're doing some pretty exciting things.
1: Oh my gosh. That's amazing. And yeah, I mean, we are our own generators of energy and of healing and of manifestation. We are co-creators with life and everything that we need is right where we are, no matter wow. how, for someone listening who is in constant pain or going through treatment and can barely get out of bed, let alone, you know, they're just weak and in pain. And how do they do the work when it's unbearable to even like, breathe or think about doing anything or being.
0: Yeah. Listen, I I, I have to tell you, like, you you can't tell me you're too sick to do this work any longer because we see a lot of sick people turn, turn things around. and, And that's not to be demeaning in any way. I'm just saying that possibility is right around the corner. So it turns out you have to get beyond your body in order to heal your body. Cause if you're still your body your matter trying to change matter, it's just going to take time and you can change your diet and you can take all these supplements and all these medications, chemical balance, physical balance, but you don't take care of that emotional component. Your body's believing it's living in the same environment. So it's so important for people to understand that the process of change many times is not linear to so the person who has a transcendental moment where there's a Tumor and then it's gone. You would say on the outside, oh, that person just got luckier. Why did it happen to them and not to me? But if you talk to that person, they'll tell you, I study, I read, I make sure I understand what I'm doing, I understand why I'm doing it. I haven't missed a meditation in six months. This is my medicine. Nothing else has worked. <laughs> that person's determined, you know? And so they understand that to change is to get beyond their body, to get beyond all the elements in the environment and get beyond the predictable future and the familiar past and time. And it takes practice, but every time you're able to regulate, every time you're able to create brain and heart coherence, there's more order in the nervous system. Now I know. And like uh, even people that come to our events that, uh, that are better in that novice group, I, I can say without a doubt. Now, just keep showing up. Just keep showing up for you. Keep believing in you. Keep going at it again. You stay in the batter's box. Keep your eyes open. Start swinging at fastballs. You're going to start hitting them if you keep practicing, and and so a person who deals with a lot of pain, if they keep at it and they keep following the formula that we teach and do, and if they just follow that formula, they'll have their moment where they actually forget about their pain, and that that becomes what they want more of, right? And 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 you start lowering the volume to the pain, and you're moving the body out of the, the past into the present moment, and and God, we've had so many people that had some pretty brutal pasts with abuse, all kinds of abuse that were suicidal, had a lot of health conditions. They come to the end, you know, in their meditation where they just think they can't go any further, getting ready to quit, you know, ready to give up. But they think about all the times they showed up for themselves, you know, and they just go, I got to go one more time. And they go again in like a blanket is lifted off them. They see their entire past. They don't want to change a thing in their past because it got them to this moment where they feel so whole again. And they look at their betrayers and they look at their, their, their adversity and they, and they bless it. And with compassion and love, they understand that they're seeing it from a greater level of consciousness. And that's the moment you see the instantaneous change. I mean, instantaneous change in their health and instantaneous change in their life and instantaneous change in their, in their attitude as well. So I would say you got to keep going and you just got to keep showing up.
1: And this is, I mean, this is, this is the remedy that we need right now as a human family. And that's what the pandemic, you know, hopefully you're not listening to this too far in the future, but we're all, we've all experienced and we'll continue to experience the awareness that has come from going through this global, really crazy time together, but this is the remedy because your formula that you teach and that you've, you know, refined, and it's an amazing program. You're, you're teaching people. We all have the instrument we can use. So it's universal, it's accessible, and it cultivates love and compassion and connection, which is in alignment with our source, with you know, what we're made of. So it's who we innately are. Who we innately are. So it's realigning us with ourselves, with our souls, with our source, reconnecting us to our human family. And it is like love is the greatest healer. And you're just giving people the formula and access to that. And everybody has it. And it's just like, I love it.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of crazy. I think you, I think, you know, one of the most important things is it's so much easier to forget this information than to remember it. Even me, you know, I have to say to myself, okay, Joe Dispenza, what do you know? And and take a moment and just set down my cell phone and disconnect from everything and really have a thought like, and keep reconstructing the model in my mind. It's so important to do that because If we understand the what and the why and the how gets easier, then we assign more meaning and more belief and more intention behind it. And and if you have to say, okay, okay, if I'm living by these emotions that are familiar to me, then I'm signaling the same genes in the same way. Okay, now I have to be conscious of not feeling that way. And you have to make a different choice. And the hardest part about change is not making the same choice as you did the day before because the moment You decide to do something differently and make a new choice, it's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to leave the known familiar world of the familiar emotions and thoughts and behaviors. The body is the unconscious mind is going to want to return back to what it knows because we trained it that way. So it's a retraining process. So if the person says, okay, if I can marry a clear intention, I got to work on getting my brain more coherent. Okay. They got that in the formula. that will be a good signal out. If I can slow my brain waves down, I can learn how to do that. I can get beyond my thinking analytical mind. I can enter the operating system of my autonomic nervous system, program that. Okay. If I can combine it with an elevated emotion, really practice trading that, that suffering or that pain for something else. Yeah, it may take me a little bit to feel that emotion, but I think if I keep working at it, I'll begin to change my emotional state. When I feel that emotional state, I'm not going to be thinking about the past. (laughs) I'm going to be thinking about the future. So, so the thought and the feeling, the stimulus and response, the image and the emotion is conditioning the body emotionally into the future. So the person says, okay, he said, or I read, or someone else said the environment signals the gene. Okay. Let me write that down. Environment signals the gene. Okay. I got to remember that. The end product of an experience in the environment is the emotion. Okay. If I'm feeling gratitude and gratitude's emotional signature means I've just received something favorable or something wonderful just happened to me. If I can feel the emotion of gratitude before the event occurs, then my body would be so objective that it's living in that future. I would begin to change my gene expression. And the stronger the emotion I feel, the more I'm going to pay attention to the picture in my mind and I'm going to be remembering my future. My brain and body are going to look like the event has already occurred before it happened. And if genes make proteins and proteins are responsible for the structure and function of my body and the expression of proteins is the expression of life, then i'm going to keep signaling these i'm going to keep knocking on the door every day and i don't care if my life is falling apart i'm not going to fall to that familiar emotion i'm not going to speak the same way i'm not going to think the same way What thoughts do i want to fire and wire in my brain and with intention and attention i'm going to keep reviewing them till it becomes an automatic thought in my head like you can what how am i going to be today how am i going to be with my family how am i going to be in traffic how am i going to be with my coworkers how am i going to be when i'm alone And you start rehearsing who you're going to be. The brain uh, in the present moment doesn't know the difference between the outer world or the inner world. It's the brain, what it's imagining looks real. And for present, the brain looks like you already did it. You're priming the brain. It's no longer on record of the past. Now you're, it's a map to the future. Keep practicing that rehearsal in your mind. It's going to become automatic and you're going to start behaving like that person. Then you said, can I teach my body emotionally what this future feels like before it happens? if you could truly open your heart and truly feel that elevated emotion, if you kept practicing that, I promise you, you would feel more of that in your day and less of the other place. And meditation means to become familiar with and how you think, how you act and how you feel is your personality and your personality creates your personal reality. That's the game, right? So when that occurs, then it's no longer about the past and what happened to you and the story. People tell about that they're telling a story of their future in fact, they're more in love with their future than they are with their past. They're, they're, <laughs> they believe in the future more than they believe in their past. And, and I think that when we believe in ourselves, we believe in possibilities. And when we believe in possibilities, we have to believe in ourselves. And showing up every day means you must believe it's true. When you stop showing up, then you don't believe it's true any longer. And, and, and enough people that have that kind of conviction literally step into a new body. They step into a new, a new life. They step into a new future. And I, I hope that that becomes the new normal. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, research says that collective networks of observers determine reality. That's the latest. Uh, so we just got to make sure enough of us are observing a different reality from an elevated place of union and connection instead of separation that's, that divides communities because of survival and stress. And that's a great way to create polarity in the world, and uh, the union of polarity takes place in the heart, and that's where it starts. It doesn't mm-hmm. end there; it just starts there. And when I see the heart informing the brain, I saw two students that we grabbed. One was chasing a little child around, a one and a half year old child, and he was being challenged. And the other guy was working and staffing and running around. And we got him in the chair, and we said, "Okay, we, let's let's get some brain and heart coherence." And you know, we had. 15, 20 minutes to do with these guys. And you saw them way out of balance, right? just way out of balance. And all of a sudden here comes that low frequency in the heart, boom, like a big drum, boom, boom. And all of a sudden you see that uh, low frequency, the energy in the heart that's only indigenous to the heart itself starts rising. And then all of a sudden you see it rise. And then you see the sympathetic nervous system rise with it. So now we know they're totally relaxed. And they're totally awake and aware. The sympathetic nervous system working for an arousal. When you see that kind of connection and you see someone be able to change that in a matter of moments, my, I say they should be able to do that with their eyes open at any moment. It should be such a skill. And that's, that's when we, we, we maintain our energy and our power.
1: And that takes practice. But is there any other way that's worth it. You know, the, the lack of belief or the doubt in, in this experience, once you've have experienced it, once you look at the research and scientific, you know, demonstrations that you guys are, uncovering and revealing right now that are just absolutely astounding, the benefits of your work and, and what we all have access to with this amazing instrument we have, you know, the, the lack of belief in that is just hopelessness and familiarity and misery and suffering and depressiveness yeah. and negative. But you know,
0: it's the four minute mile. You know, I watch people on the stage all the time. We get people in an event stand in front of the stage and tell their story. You know, sometimes they say, you know, the turning point for me was that I just, I believe that this was the truth. I just didn't believe it worked for me. Whoa, that's a, you're out of the bleachers now and you're on the field when you start showing up like that. And the value is the four minute mile when she tells her story and she just looks no more different than anybody else. And you see what she did, what kind of conviction and and the way she turned their health condition around from really sick to like completely better, like she's in a different body. I'm watching the audience and everybody's leaning in there. I could drop a pin in the audience and everybody would hear it. There's truth right in front of them. That person is the example of truth. They're the embodiment of truth. It's no longer philosophy. They're wearing it. It's undoubted that somebody in the audience says, oh my God, I have the same health condition. If she can do it, I can do it as well. And now that person pierces through the veil, the, the limitation of a certain level of consciousness or unconsciousness. And they break through and they leave a footprint for someone else to do. And it's in the field. And it's also in three-dimensional. You're looking at evidence right in front of you. You're looking at truth right in front of you. And four-minute mile was just, you know, at one point, a belief that it was physically impossible to do. We have 1,400 people that have done it. So once, once one person breaks, it, other people step through. And just like an infection can spread amongst the community and create disease, health and wellness Can be as infectious as disease. So we have great evidence in our scientific measurements, but also we have great evidence in our testimonies, in our in our testimonials. And I think evidence is the loudest voice. And and I think that's what people are looking for.
1: Absolutely. That was my formula for doing the documentary. It was we need to show people, raise awareness on how powerful everything is belief, if they believe it's possible, and then show them examples. Of people actually doing it and healing and applying the work or the philosophy or the understanding and changing their lives. And you have hundreds of people, or you know, at your advanced weeklongs, get up and share these stories to strengthen people's belief and possibility. Can you just give for our audience listening one of your favorite most recent healing stories so that they too can grasp onto something <laughs> inspiring?
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. We had uh, a sweet woman with stage four cancer in her thirties uh, and the uh, cancer had spread uh, through her entire body. And anybody who studies cancer knows that once it metastasized and it gets into bones or into other organs, it's really hard to take it away, especially if it's in the bones, because it chews away at the, the matrix of the bone. And um, her father brought her because She was in so much pain that, uh, that, that she couldn't do the things she wanted to do. And she had no exposure to the work and God, it's really amazing. She had one moment where she connected one moment. And, um, I looked at her PET scans of her bones that had the cancer in there before. And then the PET scans after, and there wasn't a trace of cancer in any of her bones, no cancer in her body. All her blood markers went back to normal. and um she got an upgrade and 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 um, it happened in in literally one instant. So my theory is if it can happen to anybody else, it could happen to you.
1: Oh my God, I have chills. So I mean, you are demonstrating that so much is possible. and so I where can people, I know you have the new program, the formula. I don't know if you want to talk about that. I constantly send people to check out the advanced week longs you offer because they have these individual transformations, but then you do these group healings and, 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 you know, just collectively you're, you're raising consciousness. You're raising the energy of the field. So yeah, what, well, what do you want I to think, share?
0: Well, nothing, nothing in particular. I mean, a good place to start. Like if, you're interested in just going in easy. The formula is a great way. It's it's a con, it's you know, twelve little courses that are thirty to forty minutes longer with five meditations that really demystify the brain and heart coherence thing. And a lot of people find that super valuable. People want to dive in deep. You know, I, I recommend the progressive and intensive workshops and and um to practice, to practice to and to study and to read. And if you do the intensive and progressive, the next step is the week longs. And that's to me. Uh, where all my interest is it's like where i see the most amazing things take place and week-long events uh they're 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 pretty exciting we just did one just um uh, last week and the measurements that we got and the stories that were told and the transformations and healings took place that i mean god i never want this work to be about me you know i want it to be about us or everybody else and and um yeah it's just you got to start somewhere and um you know Start somewhere and go in easy and and practice.
1: And again, I just want to remind people of the research that you've been doing. And just in this last week, you know, just the fact that this work and the meditation and the coherence that you guide people in through your meditations and your teaching and, you know, something like the formula or a progressive online. Science is showing an antidote and and a super immune booster that can make you resistant to something like SARS-CoV-2, which is the coronavirus and COVID. So if you're searching for another level of confidence and health, you know, I really highly encourage you to look into Dr. Joe's work because it's truly supernatural and Mm. amazing.
0: Thank you so much, Kelly.
1: So is it drjoedispenza.com, correct?
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Dr. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. You're, you're amazing. And I hope to uh, join you on, on a week long very soon.
0: You're always invited. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to the Heal Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for more empowering wisdom and inspiring healing stories. Oh, and make sure you hit the follow button on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss that one episode that holds the answer you've been searching for. And if you feel inspired, we would love you to rate and review us so that we have the opportunity to reach more people. And of course, you can follow us on Instagram for some behind the scenes fun and more inspiration at, at Healdocumentary at Kelly Goris. Thank you so much and be well.